People are loaded, loaded with anxiety about their money. But here's the thing. God has written a totally different script. There are 800 verses in the Bible, over 800 verses in the Bible that deal with money. Over 800 verses in the Bible that deal with money. And all of the promises about money are so positive. And they promise peace and progress instead of stress and anxiety. The scriptures tied to financial things in, in scripture is not attached with anxiety. It is not tagged in with worry. There are promises of, of prosperity. There is promises of peace and progress in your life. But we have flipped the script so much. We flipped the script so much. So we have to keep in mind too though that these promises of God, it's just like everything else. It's your choice. You must choose to do it God's way. You have to choose to do it God's way. So today we're going to start with a great passage of Scripture from Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi means messenger. Malachi was a prophet in the time of Nehemiah and Ezra, around the time of the rebuilding of the wall of Israel. And the people of God were very set on doing things God's way. They were ready. They were going after it. But at some point, they lost their way. Some point, they begin to quit giving their tithe to the church. At some point, they quit giving their devotion to God. At some point, they let the busyness and the mundane of life come in. And the whole message of Malachi is return. Return back to God. Return to the things of God. You have gotten too far astray. You've gotten too far off. Now I need to return you and bring you back to line you up with the things that God has set in place for us. And so... If you will, open your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3. So Malachi means messenger, and he was bringing a very specific message at this time. It was a message to return to the things of God. Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 7. From the days of your fathers... You have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe. Into the storehouse. I, I love that. Can I pause for just a moment? The full tithe. Not this month, I can only do 6%. Not only this month, and all my bills are paid, now I got about 9.7%. The full tithe into the house, the storehouse, that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test. Test me, says God. Put me to the test says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour, pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine and the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. What is interesting to me in this passage of scripture is the call to return to God is in the tithe. The first call to action in the call to return to me and I will return to you is in their tithe. 
That's a big deal. It's very important that we pay attention to the way that Scripture is written. Can I tell you something? It wasn't written like that just for no reason. Just because he felt like those words should go in that order. He put it, God, if you haven't ever read in like um, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, all those in, in, through that, where God's like, I want you to sew this many strands of sew, string together to make this. It needs to be this long, this high, this wide. God is a God of detail. He is very specific. So when it comes to the word, he's doing the same thing. He is saying, for you to return to me, here's how you're going to return. You've been robbing me. So now it's time to bring the full tithe. And I love that he said full tithe because there are some people that would be like, no, I've been given. Yeah, you've been given a gift, but you've not been given your tithe. And I want to make this statement to certain people. You're like, I've been given to God and I ain't seen nothing from it. It's because you're giving a gift, not the full tithe. And again, I want you to hear me as we walk through this. This is for your benefit. I'm not up here pleading for your monies for the church. Does it help the church function? Yes, and we'll talk about why and how that all works here in just a moment. But the biggest thing you need to hear me say today is all of this is for you. It is for you. You have to realize that without the the tithe, there was no sacrifice. There was no altar. There was no fire. There was no incense going up. Because nobody was bringing the tithe. Well, pastor, what do you mean by that? You have to look at the the scripture where it says, so that there may be food in my house. Well, what does that mean, pastor? If you go back and read Leviticus and you see what all the offerings were for, what was one of the last things they did with the leftover stuff? The priests ate it. So when he makes the statement that there will be food in my house, there must have been something to come to be put on the altar so that now there is food for, for the priests. See what I'm saying? It's very important. It wasn't just about all of these different... But he's like, now that there's no offering going up, there's no aroma in my presence, there's no me moving in your behalf. Everybody see what I'm saying? And again, if you go back and read, you'll see all the different sacrifices that were made. Like when they walked into a new land, uh, they would slay a calf right there and do it because it was the aroma. And that that is what moved the heart of God at the time. Was that aroma. And that aroma still comes through our praise and worship. Thank the Lord we don't have to offer up sacrifices all the time. That would get really bloody. (laughs) It comes through our tithe that as you are giving, there is an aroma in the presence of the Lord that is going up again. And we'll, we'll, we'll get through some of these scriptures. But you have to realize that it had to happen. He needed them to continue to give their tithe. This is a powerful concept to understand. But the enemy has caused so much confusion and distraction that people are missing it. People are missing it because they see it as the pastor just wants my money. I can't even pay my bills. How am I supposed to give you 10% of what I make? How am I supposed to make that happen? I don't know. (laughs) I wish I could tell you how it happens, but it's incredible when you trust the word of God. I guess I can say I know how it happens. You give the first 10%. It's always there at the first. Just cut it off the top. If I've got 100% and I start spending stuff, the percentage goes down. But if I tithe off the 100% at the beginning, that 10% is always there. Always there. Guess what? This month, Netflix ain't getting my $14.55. Hulu ain't getting my $13.99. DirecTV's not getting my $150. It's there. You're spending it. You're there. It's already been put there. So let's talk about what tithing is. 
We have to get this picture if we as believers are going to move in that direction. The revelation that I shared with you a couple weeks ago, here's what tithing is. Tithing is the first 10% of my income. And I'll, I'll read to you about the first fruits in just a moment. It is the first 10%. It is not the leftovers. It is not at the end. It is my first 10%. Again, number one, the reason why God wants the first is because he knows it's always there when it's first. There is no excuse at this point. God is literally setting you up. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like somebody asking me to dunk for a million dollars and then giving me three trampolines or steps. I don't even need trampolines. I ain't got to jump. All I got to do is climb the steps and dunk the ball, and I get a million dollars. God is literally lining it up for you. All you have to do is take the steps and walk it out. But again, because anxiety in our minds and our cares are so heavy on us, we can't see what God's trying to do. So it is the first 10% of my income to God through my local church. Here's why I say the local church. It says so that there may be, he, he said, bring it to the storehouse so that there may be house, there may be food in my house, the church, the local church. It's not, well, I gave somebody in the community some money from my heart, so I'll count that as 2% of my 10. So I'll give an 8% to the church. Well, God understands my heart. He sees it. He sees it. That's, you gave them an offering. You gave them a gift. Tithe is the 10%. Everybody understand what I'm saying? First 10%. We're doing a lot of teaching in this series, but I promise you, if you can get these concepts, ask the tithers in the church, it will set you free. It will set you free. So we give it unto the local church, but here's the problem. And, and he, says, he says that you are cursed with a curse. You know what that curse is? Anxiety. Worry, making it paycheck to Tuesday. I mean, it's, 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 it's so, like some of you, I'm speaking right to you. You're sitting there going, I'm not even going to look him in the eyeballs because I know he's going to see my paycheck straight through my eyes and know that I got it yesterday and I ain't got no money to eat lunch this week. And I, I'm, I'm not looking at you going, well, how dare you? I'm sitting and going, hey, let's bring some freedom to this situation. Let's not let the enemy deceive you any longer. Let's not let the enemy hurt you anymore. Let's take care of this anxiety when it comes to your finances. So here are three things about tithing. You ready? Number one, tithing is biblical. Tithing is biblical. It is in the Bible. I don't come to you with things that I just made up on my own. Everybody understand that? I don't come to you with, you know what, I was thinking this week, it'd be nice to have another extra thing in my office, so I'm just going to up it to 11%. And the 1% off the top comes to my office or comes to pastor. No, it does not work that way. We go according to the word of God. So tithing is biblical. But here's the first truth you got to understand. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17 says this. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good word. And that does not mean the man of God as the pastor. That means every man and woman of God. That you may be completely equipped for the good work. What does that mean, Pastor? When there's a need, you're not, you're not strapped down to debt and you can give to it. 
When there's things happening in the church and you know that your heart is yearning to give to it, but you know you can't afford to give it that week, you, you are going to be able to be equipped to do every good work. Every single good work because you're not tied down by this thing. But you have to understand the concept of you have to believe that this word is true. I can preach these three points, and I, can, I, could, I could speak so eloquently. I know, I'd, you know I'm, I'm, I'm raised in bread, journey, lighthouse, right here. I could still speak it so eloquently, but if you don't believe the scriptures, none of this will make sense. You, your whole, you, need to, you need to assess your whole life spiritually. Let's even forget about finances. If you're struggling believing this, this is what everything is based on. This is how we live our lives and how we walk it out. But you've got to understand that this is important. So if that is the case, if we believe that all Scripture is breathed out by God, let me give you a couple references. Genesis 14, 18 through 20 says, Then Abraham gave a tenth of everything. Gave a tenth of everything. Leviticus 27.30. Leviticus 27.30 a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. The first, and, and I need y'all to understand this before I move into Jesus endorsing tithing. You have to realize that in the day, the stuff from the land was their income. This is how they functioned in the Old, in the old Testament, that you gave your fruits, you gave your vegetables, you traded things. You want a cow, you get, I'm going to come give you four of my chickens. You want some of my vegetables, I'm going to have to give you some of my vegetables. It's an exchange. This was income for them. So I don't want you going, well, I ain't got a garden, so this doesn't, uh, this doesn't apply to me. If there are things coming up in your life that have come forth as increase in your life, this is increase to people, then every tithe of the land is holy to the Lord. Every tithe of the land. Jesus, is endor- Jesus endorses tithing. Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And let me pause there before again you load your weapon to go. See there? I believe in all those other things, but I don't pay my tithe. Let him finish his statement. Are you ready for the rest of his statement? You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Yes, you were doing right giving, but you need to change this. For some of you, you have neglected giving, but you do the second part. But it says do both. Do not neglect the first statement that I made and only do the second statement. We have to realize that we have got to be very purposeful about giving our tithe unto God. It's so important. It's so important. Hebrews 7, 8. Here mortal man receives tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Hebrews 7, 8. Point number two is this. Tithing is giving back to God what already belongs to him. Tithing is giving back to God what already belongs to Him. If you look back at the Scripture, it says return three times. Return 
three times, and then they ask, how shall we return? And he said, stop robbing me. Stop taking what is mine. How can you rob someone of something if it isn't theirs? You can't come steal anything from me. I can't classify it as you rob me if I don't own it. If it's not mine, I can't claim that you robbed it from me. So how in the world do we miss the fact that God is saying, you are robbing me? How am I robbing you? What is mine you are keeping? Part of the covenant and agreement that we make with one another when we walk into this covenant of living this life for Jesus, part of it is my tent is holy and pleasing unto the Lord. And that my first fruits come to Him. And so if I am going to believe and live the Word and live the way God tells me to live, I'm not going to rob Him. Not going to rob Him. I'm not going to rob Him. So again, I need you to realize how can we rob someone of something that they do not possess? How can you do that? You can't. So you have to realize that you're giving back to God what is already His. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from the Father. James 1.17, isn't it good to have income? Isn't it nice to be able to have a home and vehicles and gas and groceries and clothes to wear on our bodies? That stuff is good. Well, he didn't sign that paycheck. He gave you the abilities to work at that place. He opened up a door that no man can shut, that you could walk into that place and make the income that you make. Every good thing is from the Father. You've got to transfer things through Scripture. Yes, his name isn't on the paycheck. Yes, he isn't the one that owns the business that you work for. But you've got to realize we don't, we don't do things the way the world does things. I would not be given anything if it was not for him. That he saw fit to give me income that I'm able to provide for my family, I'm able to do what I need to do. The tithe belongs to God, and when we are not paying that, the curse sets in. And for most, as we've mentioned earlier, it is the anxiety of your finances. Things are not working out the way they should because you're living under a curse. I'm supposed to be a follower of Jesus. I go to church, but everything seems to just be going sideways. Track it all the way back to what are you doing with the first 10%. Track it all the way back because if you're not giving it, you're living under a curse. You're living under a curse. Number three, your tithe is for your benefit. Your tithe is for your benefit. Can I tell you something? God's kingdom is still advancing without your 10%. I'm not giving it to him because he needs it necessarily but as an act of obedience. Sin is doing anything that God says, don't do. So if I go against what God's wanting me to do, I'm sinning, correct? Okay, just make sure. Make sure we're all talking the same language. Somebody's like, no. No, the preacher said tithe, not God. God says we are to test him. And he will open the windows of heaven. He said, test me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven. And pour them out on you. Not test me and see how much more I want to take from you. He says, test me. This is one thing that God says, try me, sucker. Not sucker, because you're not as suckers, you're his kids. (laughs) But he's like, I got so much good, I just want to give you. And all you got, I mean, I got my hands on the window. I just need you to go, bloop. I need to see that I can trust you with more. If you can't steward what I've already given you, why would I give you more? 
If we're not stewarding the things, the small that God has given us, how can He trust us to steward more? But we're wanting to see that, and He's going, test me. And not only that, but He will do it such to a point that there is no more need. Oh! I don't know about y'all, but as I'm working on this, I'm like, I'm out of my chair going, oh, I want to live in no needs. I want to live in such a place that I don't have need in everything overage. I can go, hey, there's a missionary that wants to reach out or Chi Alpha needs to be on this campus. Boom, here's some money. Go do it. I want to live from a place of no need. I don't want to owe anything to anybody. But to be able to just give it out of my heart and not have needs well, I need to go get my car fixed. I need to go get the, I need to go, I need to pay that bill every month because if not, they're going to come get me. No, like, I don't want to live in that place. I don't want to live in that place. And he wants to bring it to such a place that there are no needs. I, I've talked to people this week, this week, this week. Here's what living in no need looks like. That doesn't mean you never need for anything. Okay, see what I'm saying? All right, here's what I'm talking about. People who have tithed in the church the situation arises in their life, and they're like, okay, Lord, this just happened. I need you to help me take care of it. It's going to be $150. But because I live in a place that is no need, I show up, and it doesn't cost $150. It costs free. Or it costs me $25. Or I pay the $150, and then two days later in the mail, I get a check for $150 from somebody else. That covered that cost. That is what living in no need looks like. It is a place that God provides in ways that you've never seen. My, my mentor was talking to me the other day. The Lord told him, I need you to give a $1,000 check right now. Cut it. He said, okay. Cuts it. I was hoping he was talking to me, but he wasn't talking to me. <laughs> Somebody else's name went on that memo line, not mine. Um, but he, he cuts the check. He goes and he gives it. He's walking to his car and somebody walks up and gives him one of them Holy Ghost handshakes and said, the Lord told me to give you this. And it was a $1,000 check. The man was out no monies because he was faithful and obedient. That is living in no need, ladies and gentlemen. Not he got to put it in his pocket and go buy him a brand new whatever, whatever. But it was a place that he, he moved in the obedience of God. And God said, I will continue to provide in that if you will stay obedient. That is living in the place of no need. Listen, tithing is for your benefit. It has the favor of God all over it for you. It is for your blessing. Yes, it brings, yes, it brings things into the church, okay? When your tithe comes in, there are bills. Shocker, bills that have to be paid. There are lights that have to be left on, air that has to be blowing, a monthly note that has to be paid, paychecks to pay. There's, there's, we're very minimal around here, honestly. <laughs> very minimal, but there are things that have to be done with that. I'm not saying it just comes in and we just throw it all away to all these different things. But any, we, we cut the tithe. Every week, Lisa cuts the tithe off the top from the church. That's not just, well, this was a percentage. When it comes in and we get that weekly report, there's always a line that says, this is the tithe on our tithe. We cut it off the tithe. If we're going to do it, if we're going to encourage you to do it, we're going to do it as the church. And we're going to walk in that and we're going to function in that. And we've seen God be faithful in that. We've seen God be very faithful in that, that we've not necessarily had to live in a place of need. We've had stuff come up, but he's always been faithful to meet those needs. But it's, it's, it's yours. Yes, it brings the things in the church. Yes, it covers bills at the end of the day, but it's an act of obedience on your part. 
that, reap, that reaps benefits for you. Now, hear my heart. Here's what I'm saying. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. This is not an equation thing where it goes, well, I'm paying this 10%. Um, I'm paying this tithe because I need, um, I need a million dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or I'm paying this 10% so I can win the lottery this week. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not one of those things that you plug. God sees your heart. The intention of the man is pure in his own ways, but God weighs the heart. And he sees the heart behind it as you're giving. Now, he did say test. And like I said, there were some in the church that were doing it only to prove the pastor and his, his, his wife wrong. But God saw that and he said, I told you to test me. I'm going to prove it to you. So as you become to a place that you just write that. And again, if it starts off as I'm just trying to prove pastor and God wrong, please cut it. Thank you very much. But I, I, I just, I would love to live in such a place that there is no need. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, and he's a good father that he would take care of us. That he implement, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of the things in Scripture necessarily are not for him. It's so that he can move on your behalf and bring things into your life and into your perspective. Then he gets to a place where he says, I rebuke the devourer. In Scripture time, he was rebuking those things that would come and kill their crops. He would rebuke those things that would come and eat their crops so they didn't, one, they didn't have food for their own family, or two, they couldn't buy, purchase anything because they didn't nothing to trade with. What he's saying to you is, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. What does that look like? It looks like broke down vehicles. That 350,000 mile car that just won't break down for a faithful tither, just continue to trust God and press that pedal and watch him do what only he can do. Sickness in your family, those bills that pile up, you begin to see that people around you in your household aren't getting sick all the time. And, and these are not specific, like all these things will check off. If you're like, I'm a faithful tither and people still getting sick in my house, you might want to get your air ducts cleaned out. I don't know. <laughs> things breaking at your house, things just falling apart. Everything I touch just falls to pieces, Pastor. The Lord will go before you and rebuke that devourer. What does that mean? He's not going to allow things to devour your income. He's not going to allow things to devour your source of giving to the kingdom of God. He's going to rebuke those things. And it doesn't always look like checks coming in the mail. It looks like this month I didn't have to change to get my belt exchanged on my car. This month it looked like I didn't have to go get brand new tires because my tread just grew a little bit bigger. Praise God. He wants to take care of you. And I want to speak this point. Devontae, if you'll come up and just play the keys for me for just a second. I have a word from the Lord that I want to share with you. I, I, I pray that you hear my heart. Because I haven't jumped on the whole, like, I need your 10% or the church ain't going to make it. I need your 10%. But I'm trying to express to you the real biblical principle behind giving. That it helps your finances be worry-free that your finances can be worry-free and you don't have to sweat what happens with the economy. Amen. What happens when it all falls? I don't owe them nothing, so they can't come take anything Amen. from me. I, there's more to it than just give more to the church. Because again, you're giving to the kingdom of God. When you pay your tithe or you give an offering over and above, you're giving to the kingdom of God. But I want to say this. This week I was driving around, and I believe this is a specific word for the people of Journey Church. So I need you to hear me, whether you're online or you're in the room today or you're watching on YouTube two weeks from now. This week as I was driving, I was 
watching gas prices every morning I wake up jump multiple numbers. Not a steady incline, but like hard swallows as I come to the light at Tracy and 51 every morning. I went to the grocery store, bought a few items, two bags of chips, two bags of cheese, 20 bucks. That wasn't all I bought. I mean, it just kept racking up from there. And I had a conversation with the Lord. Like, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. And if you're not in a good financial place, it is crazy. It is scary. But the Lord wanted me to remind you, the people of God in the church today, about the land of Goshen. This is a message I preached a couple of months ago. You can go back and watch it on our podcast, listen to it this week, or you can watch it online at journeychurchmillington.com and just click on sermons. But the just of it is this. Plagues were happening to the people of Egypt. Now, there were certain ones they had to go through. You're still paying gas prices. You're still paying groceries. There's still things happening. But when the rubber met the road and it started to get real dark, the people of Goshen were protected. The people of God were protected. There was lack and need of things in Egypt, but the land of Goshen there was no want or need. There was darkness in Egypt, and you look over and we're going, man, we can't barely see anything, but there's this light over there coming from Goshen. The word in Malachi even says that you will be a blessed nation amongst all other nations. You are part of a kingdom that is not of this world. You are a part of a people that when you walk in and you're a tither and God has touched and blessed everything, it's noticeable. When people are standing around the water cooler at work, sipping on water, freaking about prices, you're just sitting there going, man, I got fill, my fill-up happened today. Praise God. Why are you so joyous and so full of joy in this moment? Because I know that the blessing of God is on everything that I do because I am faithful in my giving. You need to hear today that He protects His people. He protects his people. People of God, don't freak out. It might seem bleak, but in the midnight hour, Jesus will make a way. Jesus will make a way. But let me, let me say this statement right here. His favor moves on your obedience. His favor moves on your obedience. If you are not tithing, do not claim this word from the land of Goshen. Do not claim and say, well, pastor, you told me everything was going to be all right. I'm telling you now, if you are not being obedient and giving your 10%, the Bible tells me that his favor doesn't move in that. That if you want to see that happen in your life and have the no need, you got to give. And I'm telling, hear me, hear me, hear me. We, we have lived in a place, listen, we, we've eaten our ramen noodles. We've, I mean, we still eat certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have not arrived. But we're never in need. And so for anybody in the room that's hearing me going, there's no way possible this can happen, try him. I'm, I'm just asking you to try him. I'm just asking you to try God and go, Lord, you said it. Things are getting crazy. This next paycheck, 
the first 10%. I'm gonna jump on PayPal. I'm gonna get on journeychurchmillington.com and give. If you're watching this on YouTube and you tend another church, jump on your church's website or get to church and pay your tithe and say, no, my first 10%. You're at the grocery store this week. Don't buy those groceries yet. Write that first check, then pay for your groceries. Give that first 10% and watch God begin to make something that never could. There was no elasticity in your income last paycheck, but this one seems to be stretching to meet everything. Everything just begins to fall in place. I can only explain it in that way. But trust God. Trust God. So if you want to claim this word of land of Goshen, you got to be obedient to the word of God. There's two things, two things that I want to mention before we close. This series is for two specific reasons. Number one, I'm not going to lie to you, it's for the church. It's for the church. Because we as a church would love to be debt free. We would love to be able to get a missionary call us and stroke a fat check and just send them for four years on a missions field. I would love to invest in things or do whatever God told us to do or start new ministries where we can buy facilities in the middle of our city and open up an after-school program where kids don't have to go to the streets. They can come to a facility. We can't do that without income. You want to change the community? Let's get them off of the streets and get them into a facility where we help them get through school. We hire counselors that can help them sign up for college. We have a place where they come and they hear about Jesus, but we can't do that when we're strapped down by debt. We did our research. 31% of our church are tithers, not givers. A gift, 31%. There's a flip coin to this. Number one side of it is that's pretty high on national average. That's, that's, that's a really good number, and I celebrate that. But let me flip it to the other side and say there are 70% of people in this building that are not doing it. I don't want the world, the culture of the world to set our gauge. Other churches can go by that, but why not more percentage? Why not 100%? And we, we factor out kids. We don't just do, we don't add all these numbers to make this number change. But again, 31% is great, and I celebrate that 31%, but my heart breaks for the 70% of the people in the room that are living so strapped that they feel like they can't even give 10%. They can't even give their 10%. This isn't above the 10%. This is just the 10% is where we're at right now. And then the other side of it, the two things that we're doing this for, is for your side. Because God says, prove him wrong, which you can't, and he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing pour them out on you. Next week, we'll discuss seven pillars of financial wisdom. I don't only want to just talk about worry-free finances and tithing. We want to go into scripture, and we're going to talk about seven pillars of how to handle money, how to do it. Don't go, well, he's talking about money next week. I ain't coming. No, come. Come. Invite somebody that needs to hear about finances. Share this video tomorrow on YouTube to let people know that finances are a big part of what we got. They might be stressing. You might see them at work and they're like, man, I just can't make ends meet. Hey, I got a video I want to show you. Watch this on your lunch break today. We want to give practical ways to deal with your finances. And again, I'm going to bring it up, Financial Peace University. The opportunity after at 4.30 today is an incredible opportunity. Please don't pass it up. Please don't pass it up. You can commit three months. Dave Ramsey says it this way. Live like no one else so you can live like no one else. Live like no one else, so you can live like no one else. 
It's a great opportunity to get in here and it's biblical. You're going to go through scripture. You're going to see the word of God come to life in a new, fresh way. You're going to be able to apply those things to your life and begin to see this financial thing in your life turn around and change. Turn around and change. Man. And there's two statements that are always common with tithing. And they're on both sides of the fence. One side of the fence will say, I can't afford to tithe. And then on the other side, they'll say, I can't afford not to tithe. I can't afford not to. To live in a place of no need. Oh. Some of you, some of you, the financial waves have like, you're just, and then going back under. Let's see some freedom. Let's trust God. Let's hear the word of God today and know that he wants us to have worry-free finances.